0: What's up, Benfica Nation? It's your boy, it's the Mr. Mike You here with you for another episode of Mr. Benfica here on the PTB Media Network. Special shout out to everyone watching on YouTube on the PTB Media Network YouTube page. That is the new home. For any video content of Mr. Benfica, it's really becoming a network now. Even though it's my face on everything, it's slowly turning into a network. With, uh, I just finished my first short film this weekend, so do go to the channel and check it out. All right, so welcome back. I know I had said that uh, you would see me uh, or you would hear from me a little more at the end of last season, and it just was not able to happen. So here I am. This is the official kickoff of season number five of Mr. Benfica, episode 139. And we got a lot to talk about. Um, It's not going to be a very long episode, but we do have a lot to go over. I'm going to, I'm going to close the book on last season right now. Okay. Uh, Last season is in the past. It is last season, of course. And, it's, you know, it ended last season on the pitch and on the podcast was one to forget for all of us. Um, the only thing, the only positive last season was the Champions League run. And of course, the stellar season from one Darwin Nunez and my heart is broken because he is gone. Yes, we've got plenty of money from it, but money can't buy everything. And I would feel a lot better about our chances this season if we had Darwin Nunez in our lineup for one more year, Uh, even if it was for half a season. We saw last year how Luis Diaz uh, carried Porto. I think he was the most important piece in them winning the title, aside from the referees, of course. And to talk about that blasted club, um, how can I say to talk about them. Uh, that match against them. I just. I lost all. I'm going to be honest. I lost all motivation to, to podcast after that match. Uh, it took me down for quite a while. Robbed. Absolute robbery. There's nobody that's going to tell me Darwinus was offside on that goal. There is no way. I don't care how you look at it. It wasn't even frozen on the right frame. That's That. Offside was never meant to be judged that closely by two centimeters or whatever the hell it was. Who gives a damn at this point? Um, Porto were not deserving champion. I'm not going to come on here and congratulate them. They don't deserve it. They were helped. Uh, you know, for all the complaining they do about how teams lay dead for us, that this that display from Portimonense down the stretch was absolutely embarrassing. It makes me not want to watch this league at all, to be honest with you. But uh, unfor- unfortunately, I am in this abusive relationship, as we all are, with this club. And I love this club. And I will not leave this club no matter what. Okay? No matter what. Ah, shout out to everybody listening on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on um, Amazon Music, on Google Podcasts, on TuneIn, on wherever you're listening. Make sure you give this show a five-star review if you can and share it with your friends. Let's get it out to as many English-speaking as possible. Last season wasn't all bad, though. We had the women's team that won the title. I said I was going to come back and recap the season. I never got around to doing that. But um, what a season it was. Champions again. And to talk about them, let's start with them because they made some big signings. Early in this, or earlier this week, really before the women's Euro kicked off earlier this week, and the, and it's go, and we have nine now, nine Benfica players in the Portugal women's national team playing at the Euros. Earned a two-two draw yesterday against Switzerland, and I've got the Benfica Feminino uh, Instagram up because that is the best place to keep up with the transfers. There was quite a bit of them, quite a few of them, and a shout out also to Christy. Uchibi, our midfielder, she scored for the first time for Nigeria today in the Africa Cup of Nations, the Women's Africa Cup of Nations. Every continent playing a women's tournament right now. I'm just going to run down some of the changes in the club, okay? Uh, Kasia has departed. Uh, Cassandra, I mean, Cassandra Korohan has departed, the Swedish striker. I don't understand. She never played. I don't understand why. Big, strong target box presence player. We never utilized her can't blame her for leaving. she needs to go where she's gonna play. best wishes. Beatrice Cam has left. One of our key midfield players, one of our young players has left that she's not going anywhere else. she has ended her football career at least for the time being to focus on her studies. This serves to show the difference still. In the men's game and the women's game. So when we criticize the club for letting players leave. And I was critical for letting, uh, Leticia leave this, this stands, you know, to this just points to you that she's not, you know, Beatrice came is not making a living that she can retire on, uh, I don't know what these players are getting paid. It's not public information anywhere. But when one of your young players steps away, ends her professional career, essentially, to focus on her studies, I think it tells you all you need to know. We all wish Beatrice all of the luck in the world. Um, Maybe we'll see you again. I don't know. Kind of hard to walk away from football and then come back later. But... um, such a hard-nosed midfielder. But she made the decision that was best for her. And we have to respect that. Now, some major signings for the club in the women's football. Um, none bigger than we have a new goalkeeper. And it's somebody who, in my opinion, was the best goalkeeper in the League of BPI this season. She was playing for Famalicão. She had played for Braga before. She always played well against us. Always stood on her head against us. Um, a lot of, I don't know what's going to happen to Katie Talbert now. Um, I came to her defense very vocally at the end of last season, and I think rightfully so. But uh, Ruth Costa is our new goalkeeper. I'm assuming she's going to be the number one. Um, now, she's an upgrade from Katie Talbert with all due respect, but she's not Leticia either. She's not going to be as dominant with her feet. She's not going to be able to play 30 yards off her line and play the first pass the way that Leticia did where Leticia took all of the build-up play, all of the starting play away, or not away, but she relieved Carol Costa and Sylvia Ribelu from having to do that. I don't think Ruth is quite that goalkeeper, but between the posts, she's phenomenal. Um, Definitely a step up. I mean, I think this is a great signing. And speaking of great signings we got another one we got another Portugal international in our team now we got we have signed none other than Andrea Norton uh Portugal national team player from Braga we took another star player and put her in our lineup this is huge this solidifies this is obviously the replacement for Beatriz, and it's an upgrade uh an experienced player and she was the the player of the match in Portugal's game yesterday against Switzerland um Very, very good signing. So our midfield is strengthened. We've re-signed Andrea Andrea Faria until 2024. We've also re-signed Carol Costa until 2024. Daniela Silva signed until 2024. Andrea Norton actually signed until 2025. Uh, We've got Chloe Lacasse coming back this season. We've got another, I believe she's American, We've got Carolyn Baldwin joining us from Tuchelins. If she's not American, she's Canadian. I apologize to the player for not knowing as much as I should about her. I'm just catching up to speed on this this week. In fact, yesterday uh, I did lose track of Benfica for a little while. I have been working on other projects, as you may know. I have. Um, I'm in the midst. Of a tour for the Parking the Bus podcast. I'm going to be traveling. And next week I have a family vacation. So I'm hitting the road again. I'm going on another road trip. I'm going all the way south to Virginia Beach. Once again, hopefully, minus the minus the uh, reckless driving arrest I had last year. Or charge, unfortunately. They called it an arrest. I was not a, arrested to the point where I was putting cuffs or anything. I was cited and only realized when I received... The ticket in the, you know, when I received the court documents in the mail, how how serious it was, but not going to do that again. I'm not driving that fast again. It took me six months and a lot of money to clear my name. So <laughs> that's not going to happen again. Nicole Raizla is be- going to be back this year. Remember, she had that horrible tear in her knee last season. She's going to be back. So that's that's like signing a new player. Um, another reason Cassandra probably moved on. So we've got some in another player here by the name of uh, by the name of Joanna Silva. She's officially turned professional. So she's from the youth academy. She turned professional. Also, Inij Simas has turned professional from the youth academy. She looks very young. I don't know how much we're going to see of these players this year. Um, Daniela Santos is another player who's turned professional and resigned. Renewed until 2025. Uh, Lucia Alves originally had been held back and had been kept off of the Portugal national team for the Euros. She's now there, so a lot of our players. Carolina Correa signs uh continues you know renews her contract she's gonna stay until 2025 she did some awesome work yesterday on canal owns doing some studio and anal- uh analysis for the national team we already know our first round opponent in the champions league let me pull that up and get you up to date on that um as you know we were champions and I guess I'm getting the women's team information out of the way here first, getting the good news out. We will talk about the men's team. Don't go anywhere. Okay, I'm going to talk about Roger Schmidt in a minute. But let's um I'll bring you up to date here on the women's Champions League and who our, you know, preliminary round opponent is. We got to go into just like last year into a final four round to qualify for the group stage or no, for the playoff, excuse me. Um, let me take a look at the format right now. And we are going to play in a final four that's going to be played. Doesn't say when, but we've got 20 in our bracket again, just like last season. Uh, we're going to play against a team from it looks like it's from Cyprus. Uh, they don't even have a Wikipedia page, but uh, EPCOM javila. No idea who they are, but we're in tournament eight. So one of the teams out of that is going to advance. And from there, we're going to go into round one. Okay. And in round one, we're going to join several other teams. Notably. No, we are entering in round one. Excuse me. I I stand corrected. We are in round one. So we will go into round two in the champion's path. We're playing for the final spot in the champion's path, uh, which currently have, so this this would probably be our next round opponents if we get out of this final four will be either Slavia Prague or Rosengard of Sweden, because we will go into part two of the champion's path. So it's not going to be easy to get back to the group stages, but definitely we have the ability to do it. We have the team to do it. They're not from Cyprus. They're from Kosovo. So our opponents are the champions of Kosovo. And if we win, we'll play against the winner of Twente or Agarista of Moldova. So likely going to be Twente again. See how that goes. We beat them over two legs last season, but this time we will only get a one leg uh, opportunity. The first Champions League qualifier will be played August the 18th, and if we win, we will play on August the 21st. Okay, that's the women's team. Another thing, congratulations are in order to a number of teams at the club before we move on for the way they finished last season. Men's basketball champions at the Drago. I was so psyched watching this. They won the final series three games to one over Porto, winning the championship. Fantastic accomplishment. Fantastic accomplishment. For coach Nuberto uh, Alves and his uh, squad. As you know probably. Men's volleyball champions against sweeping Porto. Three matches to none in the finals. They're the champions for the third year in a row. Handball. Men's handball win the European. The EHF League. The secondary tournament in Europe. First ever European title for any Portuguese handball team. That was huge. I watched that final four uh fantastic got to host it at the at the Altis Arena and Benfica stood up and they stepped to the occasion in that final four winning it it was awesome to see Marcel Mats the volleyball manager uh in the front row celebrating congratulating the handball coach and speaking of Marcel Matz, he's also renewed his contract he's staying right where he is he just became a you. he just got one of these if you're looking at home, he just got one of these, a sauce you card, and uh, he's going to be here for some more time, which is great for the club. Uh, women's hockey won the league and the cup. They won the double. Congratulations to them. They are absolutely dominant. Women's futsal champions again. Uh, men's futsal go down in the final to sporting three games to, to none. They got swept. Two of those three were, were lost on penalties though, or in extra time or penalties. They lost game one on penalties, game two, in extra time, and then lost game three at the João Rocha, eh, Spartan's home stadium. And that's uh, a tough, tough way. I say it all the time. If Sporting weren't the best futsal team, maybe in the world, if they're not the best, Barcelona is they their second, um, we would think much differently about our men's futsal team. Other than that, we also had women's volleyball winning the championship, women's basketball winning the championship again. All the women's sports basically they cleaned house in women. We cleaned house in women's sports once again. Uh, so congratulations to all the coaches and to all the the personnel in charge of the women's sports. Unfortunately, though, we were robbed in men's hockey, and that sport is dying a slow death thanks to none other than that team up north in blue and white stripes. And that's why I don't want to even see them in in women's football. Not because I don't think we'll beat them because we will, but they're going to ruin women's football. It's so much enjoyable watching a sport that does not include them. I love beating them, but they really do ruin it with the corruption. They ruin everything that they touch. They are just an embarrassment to society. Okay. Okay they their ringleader of their their clock you know you know who he is makako he's technically suspended from stadiums and then the portuguese federation puts him front and center at national team matches disgusting absolutely disgusting that guy belongs behind bars not in the front row of a football stadium or any other sporting uh event for that matter all right so that that sums it up uh we were completely robbed in that game 5 refereeing just just horrible refereeing We ended up with two of our best players thrown out, just absolutely. And and they're sending in guys to literally get our guys, you know, thrown out. They're bringing guys onto the floor that have no intention other than instigating. This isn't ice hockey, okay? You can't drop the gloves like you can in ice hockey and settle it. So, I mean, there's nothing to stop these kind of goons in this form of hockey, and Porto's full of them. Screw Porto. I, I mean that. And again, there is nothing that can happen to that club that is going to elicit any sympathy from me. Nothing. Pito de All right, <laughs> all right. Enough about that. Let's get into men's football. Here we go. That's what you're here for. I've I've taken up 18 minutes of your time talking about everything else. Benfica are back. Okay, let's take a look at what we got here. So we here's the. Player, I'll go through the roster first as it stands as of this week. Okay, Gilberto, number two. Number three, Grimaldo still on the roster. Four, Lucas Varissimo. Number five is Suprián Vertongen. Number 11 is Mate. He's still there. 14 is Seferovic. 15, Yaremchuk. 17, Diogo goncalves I'm just reading off their numbers. Eight is Rodrigo Pinho. 20, João Mário. 27, Rafa Silva still in the club. I'm surprised he's still at the club at the moment. 28 is Ulian Weigel. I may talk a little bit about him. Uh, unfortunately, my view hasn't changed of what I think the club – I love the player, but I, the part of me and a large part of me thinks that the club should sell him, not for any other reason than I don't know that it's going to work out for – I mean, I, I love everything he does. And I love the type of player he is, but I don't know how well he's going to fit into this model. I know there's already infighting amongst the fan base about how he did yesterday against Reading. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, number 30 is Nicolas Otamendi. 31 is Gilles Diaz. 34, Andre Almeida. Still here. Uh, still here. 39 is Enrique Carujo. 49. I can't believe this guy is still here. I'm not even going to say his name. You know who I'm talking about. You know who number 49 is. And I I really don't want to ever see him on the pitch again when the Benfica kit. 55 is Paul Bernardo. 72 is Tomas Rujo. 77 Elton Late. 88 Gonzalo Ramos. 91 Morato. 96 Diego Moreira. 99, Odi Vlako but I believe he is on the transfer list and not part of the plans for this season. I could be wrong, but that's the latest I have read. Uh, and then you got Alexander Ba, Mihalo Ristic, Shikinu still without a, a permanent home. We saw him play in that uh, trading match. Florentino's back from loan, and I'm hoping for big things from him, as I always am. PZ's back from loan for the time being. Peter Musa was signed in the offseason. David Nersch is here. João Victor is injured, but he's here in in pure Befica fashion. Um, Injured in his last game for Corinthians in uh, the Copa Libertadores earlier this week, so he arrives with an injury. Uh, We still have other players under contract. Ferro, Tomás Tavares, and Gabriel. Uh, No indication yet on what they're... Their uh, future is okay. Here are the players that have come in. Peter Musa joins from Boavista for five million euros. Mihalo Ristich joins from Montpellier on a free transfer. Alexander Ba, the Danish international, uh, joins from Slavia Prague for eight million. David Ners joins from Shakhtar Donetsk, the Brazil international, joins for 15.3 million. Enzo Fernandez joins from River Plate. Who else was rooting for the last Sarsfield the other night uh, when they were taking on River Plate? I was, I, listen, I've been right about some. I've been wrong about others. uh, I was very right about Darwin. And I think Enzo Fernandez is going to be a huge piece in this Bayfuga team going forward. I'm excited. And I hope that he's integrated in time for these Champions League qualifiers. He's in mid-season form right now, which is good right now, but it worries me when we get to around Christmas time because he'll have been going for a straight year. We've purchased players from South America in the past. It gets around Christmas time, and it gets very hard for them. It gets very difficult. Um, The legs start to wear. The body starts to wear. It's a lot of football they play in South America. And then to come and they have to. You know, uptick the speed, uptick the intensity and the physicality. Although Argentine football is very physical, um, we'll have to wait and see. He came in for 10 million, which is a fantastic investment. And as we said, Joan Viter joins from Corinthians for 8.5 million. A total so far of 46.8 million euros spent in the transfer market. Players out, players leaving in this off season. None other than, of course. My man, Darwin Nunez, I'm going to miss that guy like there's no tomorrow. Man, I wish we got one more year. I'm going to stand by that. I think we would have got even more money if our club and the decision makers had a little foresight. I think we would have got more money because I think he would have had an even bigger season this year. And I think he could have even had a big World Cup. And we could have got $100 for him before objectives, I think. But. The club made the decision they had to make. And we brought in a new manager who wants players. And in order to to have the money for players, yes, you got to sell somebody. Everton, Cebolinha, this is one I have to say, you know, I have to take the mayor culpa. I was wrong on Everton, the the body of work shows. I'm disappointed in how poorly it worked out for Everton Cebolinha. He showed flashes at the end of his first season, and I thought he was going to take that momentum with the whole summer off And ride that through uh, last season. And he never really reached that. He had some moments. I think he just never adapted to the European game. He never figured out how to be explosive. He never figured out how to take that explosiveness. um, And still fulfill his defensive obligations. That first JJ and then um, Nelson Verissimo demanded of him. Okay, so... He was not going to be a player. I think the right. He was not going to fit in Roger Schmidt's high pressing game. That's. I think that goes without saying. And he's gone to Flamengo for thirteen and a half million. He has not debuted yet for Flamengo. Not sure exactly um, when he officially plays there. And he'll probably, honestly, he's probably going to be another Gabi Gol, another uh, another Bruno Henrique who's going to be a very highly successful Brazilian league player. He's probably going to earn a fantastic living at Flamengo. Um, Maybe move on to the Middle East after that and earn, you know, insane amounts of money. But I think he's kind of – I don't see another European team in a major league, in a league of our our nature or higher – Uh, taking much risk on him. He's going to come with a heavy price tag. Maybe he ends up in Major League Soccer someday on a really big contract. That's also a possibility because Major League Soccer right now is dipping in and they are spending money. And listen, I was on the road. I was at New York City FC versus Atlanta United. A handful of Brazilians in that match. Major League Soccer right now is dominating the Brazilian market. They are buying a lot of young, talented players. Uh, I could see one of the, those teams going in on the type of player that Everton Cibollina is. And I think he would be very good at Major League Soccer. But I think his days in Europe, at least at a top eight league or, or above in a big club, are probably over. And it's it's sad to say that about a player who is all of, what, 20... All of 20... He's 26 years old. Yeah, he, he's hit that age. So... Probably made a wise decision. Jedson is gone to Besiktas for six million. Wish it could have worked out better for him as well. Uh, he did some great things under Leish. uh Di- Tiago Dantas is out on loan one more time. Uh, Celtic ended up not picking up his option. I guess they, if you go on it, too much money. Sorry, not Celtic. I'm confusing him with Jota. Jota did go. Since we're here, Jota did go to Celtic on a permanent for seven and a half million. Thiago Dantas was on loan last season at um, Tondela, I want to say. They were relegated. He didn't play a lot. Hopefully, at Pauk in in Greece, he will have better luck. (sighs) Excuse me there. Had to hit the sneeze button for a moment. Okay, Pedro Pereira has gone to Monza for $2.5 million. like I said, to Celtic for $7.5 million. And Svilar's contract expired, and he's gone on a free to Roma to play for Jose Mourinho to sit behind Rui Patricio. Makes no sense to me. I'm sure maybe maybe he just values his salary more than playing time. Uh, Such a young, talented keeper when he arrived here, but he really needed to go somewhere when he was going to play, and he went to Roma. Instead, I'm sure he followed the money. So a total of €104.5 million brought in on the market so far. I'll talk about Julian Weigel for a minute. I think Julian Weigel may leave. Okay. Roger Schmidt didn't want to answer the question about how he was going to fit. When Roger Schmidt arrived, he was asked about Julian Weigel. He says he's familiar with the player from his time in the Bundesliga. And um, he's also said that the player has offers to go back to the Bundesliga. And if Julian Weigel wants to play for Germany... Maybe even in an outside shot, go to Qatar. He won't do it at Benfica. He did get called in last season for in the final uh, international window in March. Um, but I don't believe that. I don't believe that he's going to end up going to Qatar. Um, and honestly, I don't think going to Munchen Gladbach or a team like that. Maybe if he has a phenomenal start, uh, could find him in a. You know, being the, and with 26 now on the roster, he could find himself being the 24th, 25th, or 26th player to join uh, the German national team and go to the World Cup, which any player dreams of. Even if you don't play, any player will accept that place as the 26th man on the roster now that that's what they allow. And any player, I think, would make the decision that puts him in the best chance for that. Obviously, the deal has to be right for Benfica. Um, If they can recover what they spent on him, I really, with Enzo Fernandez coming in, I think uh, the double pivot of Enzo and Florentino, for me, is the way to go forward. And you save on the salary. Plus, you know, I think, I don't know how, I'm obviously rooting for Florentino. This kid's special. I know he's been down and out for a couple of seasons. But anytime there's a change of manager, there's always an opportunity for somebody to rise like the Phoenix out of the ashes and find themselves in that place. He's young enough where he can resurrect his career. Maybe Roger Schmidt is the manager to do that. With the right midfield partner, he could be lights out. He could absolutely be lights out. He's still to this day the smartest player and the player with the best vision I've seen in that position. Yes, I know. The, the old six is kind of dying out, and the, that six does not fit into Roger Schmidt's game. But he's young enough to learn, and maybe Roger Schmidt is the manager that can finally get him to adjust or at least be patient enough with him for him to learn. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll see how this, this preseason plays out. Again, I'll be more than happy to keep Weigel. I love that player. That's one of my favorite players in this team. I love everything he does, but he's not playing for me. He's playing for Roger Schmidt, and I don't know how well that's going to do, how well that's going to play out. Um, There's, you know, two camps in the club, one that thinks he's not a player for Benfica and the other that thinks he's the best player on the team. And there really is very little middle ground in those two trains of thought. Um, and you can go to Twitter and just see them, you know, argue with each other. Speaking of Twitter, don't forget to follow me on Twitter. If you haven't already, for some reason, if you're watching on YouTube, it's not on the screen like it should be, but, um, <laughs> it's not on the screen like it should be, but it's at Benfica Mr. That is the, the handle for the show. And my handle, my personal handle is at Michael Cristina. That's at M I K E A G O S T I N H. Oh, Okay. So we've talked about the trade. I don't like to talk about rumors on my parking the bus podcast. I have not talked once about transfers until they're final. I have not talked about Cristiano Ronaldo, for example. I've not talked about any rumors at all. Not interested because they change all the time. This is uh, podcasting is a is a medium in which you say it now and it gets listened to later, and by then it's old news. So I'm not going to even go there. But this is where we stand right now. Let's talk about yesterday. Benfica versus uh, Reading. Benfica win two 0 At the match was played at uh, Saint George's Park, the training center. Um, just uh, a convenient training match because Reading were there having camp. They're leaving. Benfica are coming in, and they cross paths and say, "Why not a training match?" BTV did tra- did broadcast the match. It. Did overlap with Portugal's women's Euro match. So I only watched the first half live. I watched the second half later. Um, nothing really that I want to take from this match. It's a training session, essentially. Um, we saw good things from David Nersh from David Nersch. Um, We saw Befica pressing high, learning, working on that press. Uh, again, this is against Reading of the championship not and not one of the top level, you know, championship teams. But um definitely things to build on there. Uh we didn't even see any of our we didn't see, well, we did see Elton. He was goalie the first half and I think Samu was the goalie in the second half some well Swash. Um a lot of guys we still didn't see though. Uh Again, like I said, David Nerg looked good. I think what we saw was more of the guys that uh, Roger Schmidt needs to see more of. We saw Rafa play a bit. We saw Enrique Rouge who get the start. We, he played two teams of 11. The first half was one group of eleven, second half was another group. Which also, preseason games for me, I don't like to break down. Because I'm not in the staff. I'm not there on training. And you need to see the training sessions to understand the thought process behind the players that play. You need to be in the group to understand what's going on. And then on top of it, they're playing in training kits. I'm not, and there's like one, you know, the camera, I think there was one or two cameras tops um, watching, you know, covering this match, filming it. So it was a very much amateur broadcast, no fault of BTV. Um, they just don't have the crew there to do it. It was, it was shot like, you would shoot a training session, like any staff shoots a training session. And then you watch the film. The thing is, when it's your team, you, you recognize the faces. Um, they're not even wearing numbers. Some of these newer players, I'm not even sure who they are when they're on the ball. It takes I have to listen to the commentary. And I was watching it with the volume off because I was watching the women play. And I was watching the pregame on Canal Owens for the women's uh, match. So I'm not taking too much out of this. Other than that, I think they showed... Uh, a willingness to press. They showed that they're in the very early stages of learning the high press. Whether or not it's going to work against a team that has the ability to pass out of it. Remains to be seen. Uh, you got goals from... And we also saw guys I don't think are going to be here. And I think that's why Roger Schmidt's getting a look at him before he he you know he and the directors decide what to do. I've seen a lot of criticism online about taking 38 players to this camp. However... We got a new manager. He's been in the he's been in there 2 weeks. You want him to pick the best team. He can't do that until he sees everybody play. He can't see everybody play until you play somebody. You can't just play your B team and your U23s and get that get that idea of who stays, who goes and all that stuff, okay? You don't get that. So he needed to take 38 because he's brand new here. Yeah, it's not ideal for preparing. Ideally, you would already have a idea of 75% or so of what your team is going to look like. And you're already preparing for that uh, preliminary round of the Champions League. We don't have that luxury. Our manager's only been here two weeks. Okay? He has to see these guys play, even the ones that are going to be shipped out. He can't just sh- he- tell me something, fans. Okay? Benfica, Benfica Nation. The same board that we have all criticized for the last how many seasons now? Do you prefer that they decide who stays or do you want the manager to take a look and let the new manager that you brought in that most of us are confident in? Is that the guy who would you prefer make the decision on who stays and who goes? Personally, I want the manager to make that decision. The board has proven Time and time again that they're not very good at these things. So, I want the manager to make that decision. And he needs to see these guys play. Which means we have to hang on to more guys for a little bit longer than we would like. The next uh, friendly, and I think this is actually going to be a friendly now. It's not going to be a training match. Will be the 15th of July. We're in the Algarve tournament. Um, I think it's the... If I'm not mistaken... Is it the Guadiana Cup or is it just an uh, just a friendly? We're going to be playing Nice, the French side. Nice. Uh, decent competition there um, on the 5th of July in Farul so at the Stadio du Algarve, I'm assuming. Um, I'm assuming it's at the Stadio du Algarve. Yes, the Stadio du Algarve will host this one. That's on the 15th of July. That is Friday. So Friday we will see it. And then Sunday, the day that I am heading out the day that I am uh, driving to Virginia uh, with my with my family. That's when Benfica will take on Fulham, newly promoted Fulham coach by Marco Silva. This is going to be a good test because Fulham are a good team. Uh, they play a brand of football that I think we're going to have trouble with if we're not ready. Um, of course, they're in the early stages of their preseason as well, but the English teams are a little further ahead of us. So if you want to take some more positive from this Reading match. It's that Reading is further along in their preparation. And we completely dominated them yesterday. Um, Fulham have. You know players like Mitrovic. I'm assuming he's still there. They've got João Palinha. Just joining them now. Um, the, they, it's, it should be a good good test for us. And then. July 22nd. There's another match scheduled. in In Geneva. Switzerland. With an opponent to be announced. July twenty sixth, ironically, the day my parents fly home from Portugal, so my dad won't be able to watch this game. But if he could play in the resurrected Ozebu Cup, so happy I am to see the Ozebu Cup back. Our uh, present song, our presentation to the sausage every season should be the Ozebu Cup forever. There's no excuse ever to not play the Ozebu Cup. Okay. Um, Going forward, we should always play it. We're playing Newcastle United. That's another good test. That's a team I think that's going to make some noise in England this year, um, given the investment they've put forward. And I think that's a good test to get us ready for the UEFA Champions League preliminary stages, which the first leg, we don't know our opponent yet, but the first leg will be. Be either the 2nd or 3rd of August. So that's where we are right now, okay? Not a lot to talk about, like I said. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk about speculations, about transfers. I really want Ricardo Orta in this team, but I also want PZ moved on. I want Andreal made up, moved on. I don't think he even brings anything to the locker room anymore. Um, that's my own personal view. But again, I'm not there. I'm not in there. I'm not Roger Schmidt. I'm not Roger Schmidt's uh, staff, so I don't really know um, what they're thinking. And, of course, they have to be very open-minded right now. They're brand new at this. Uh, Let's take a look. I think the staff is already posted. Yes, the coaching staff as it stands. Okay, for 2022-23. Hey, the manager, head coach, of course, is Roger, or Royer, I believe is the German pronunciation, Schmidt, our German manager. I'm so excited about this. The other thing I'm excited about is and what's good for this show, um, maybe not for the YouTube portion of the show, but what's good for this show is that there'll be a lot of commentary in English. Um, I know I've criticized Adel rapt for five seasons for... <laughs> for still taking interviews in English but Roger Schmidt has just arrived he's obviously going to take questions in English his press conference from when he arrived is already it's up there it's on the club's YouTube it's on BTV's YouTube page there's an idiot from CMTV and his first question is about referees in Portugal what do you think about referees Roger Schmidt hadn't even been smartened up to it yet he you could see on his face like what kind of stupid question is this but He'll learn that CMTV is so uh, as some journalists you don't even who don't even deserve a response and that's a question that didn't even deserve a response. He asked him what he thought about Porto Sporting and the referees absolutely zero zero uh, journalistic ability to ask a stupid question like that. This is why there's so many podcasts covering this league because the actual media that's paid to do this they suck. All right, so he's the manager. His assistant coaches are Jans Wissling, a a young German here. He's 34 years old. Um, He's got a young coaching staff, which I kind of like. There's Jorn uh, Jorn Erik Wolf, um, and I don't know anything about Mr. Wolf, but he's the second assistant. And then the third assistant is uh, someone we just signed. It was was a decision made between him and, I think, Hui Koshla and maybe someone else in the board in the planning committee that came up with the idea. But this is, I love this. Um, He's brought in former midfielder Javi Garcia, um, someone who knows the Portuguese league who played in it last season for Boavista, who played some brilliant football for us a decade ago, more than a decade ago now. One of the better signings we ever had, um, I have to say, coming from what Real Madrid B and really, really gave us a lot and um, also gave us a pretty handsome transfer fee when he was done. That is the, uh, the st- those are the first team coaches there. The fitness coaches, Jan Benjamin Kugel, excited to have a German fitness manager, fitness coach, excuse me. Um, one thing this team has lacked going all the way back to Bruno Elijah's second season, I think is fitness. I think our fitness has been piss poor. Um, our players get injured and stay injured forever. Um, our players can't run all match, okay? We're bringing in a manager that's going to want them to run all match. He's brought it. If we had kept him a FIFA fitness coach, that would have been completely suicidal, in my opinion. It'd be shooting yourself in the foot. So I'm excited that we have a German. I just, I love the fact that we have a German coaching staff. I'm not going to be shy about that this season. You're going to hear it from me a lot, I think. Although I will have to eat my words if things go the way they've gone the last three seasons. I'm hopeful it doesn't. I'm not saying we're gonna win the title. It's very hard to completely turn a team around in one season. This team has so many bad habits, so many bad attitudes. Um I wanna see that improve this season, you know, to the point where going forward we don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh I think that's the biggest test, Roger Smith or Royo Smith is going to have here in this first season. Um, it's, I think it's going to be easy at first because he's new, and our players have shown to um, be very open to new thoughts at first. New managers come in, and see. even JJ came in this second stint and had a decent six or seven-match run to start his stint. Yes, he lost uh, to Abel Ferreira's Pauk, and we didn't go to the Champions League. That was a fluke. That was the one time it was a one-match playoff rather than two legs. If that was played over two legs, I still to this I'll go to my grave believing that we would have turned that around. I don't know how much of a difference that would have made in the whole um, in the whole trajectory of that first g- season with JJ. Um, it did force us to sell Ruben Dias, but who knows? We may have had to been our hands may have been forced. Knowing what we know now about the club. Uh, it's very possible that he would have been sold anyway. We like to believe he wouldn't have been, and the club conveniently used that as an excuse. But do you really have 100% confidence that that sale wouldn't have – that completely dismantled our team and we had to rebuild? Uh, yes, we got Nicolas Otamendi, who in time became an absolute uh, backbone of our team. I'm excited to have him back for another season. But just, I really want Lucas Verissimo back. I want to see him healthy as soon as possible. Um, we're a much better team with Lucas Verissimo. There's no question about it. The team went downhill last year and and we really lost it all when Lucas Verissimo went down. And we were now found ourselves playing a system that we were no longer built to play a system. I'm a fan of. I I was never shy about it. I'm still a fan of that system. That's not what this manager is going to do. And I'm not going to come on here and say we should do it. I understand that's not what this manager is going to do. He has different beliefs. We hired him. Okay, he needs the benefit of the doubt right now. We need to trust that he knows what he's doing and that he is going to build a winner here. And I think he has the ability to do that. I think we're going to play some better football. I think we're going to feel better about our club this year. I'm not saying we're going to win the league, but it's absolutely a possibility if there's one thing that's been proven in the past, both by us and by other teams, not just Listen, the last three champions, that's four champions, okay? Going back to Bruno Leipzig's Befica that won the title, followed by Porto winning the title, Sergio Conceição's Porto winning the title on a rebuild. Ruben Amorim, Sporting winning. The last four champions have won the title on rebuilding seasons. So even though, yes, uh, conventional wisdom says you're not going to fix it in one year and turn around and win it in this league. It's incredibly possible. Some may even say likely that uh, you'll win the league on a rebuild year. And then what happens in our league seems to be that after the rebuild, you get complacent, you drop points, you shouldn't. And next thing you know, you dig yourself a hole that you can't get out of. And teams in our league are so quick to, to sack managers. Our rivals have not done that with their current managers. They have stuck through these managers. So we'll have to wait and see what happens here. Um, I'm hopeful that our club is going to be patient with this manager. You brought him in. It's a project. You have to actually see the project through. That goes for all of us fans, too. We can't. I've already seen. I think it was sarcastic. But someone already said that we played horrible yesterday. Uh, Schmidt. Who Schmidt. And I think it was sarcastic. But. Um, he has a big job on his hands. JJ had a big job. I said that, and if he didn't do it, it was going to be a big failure. Um, Royer Smith has a big job on it, an even bigger job on his hands. So much baggage here to clean out. So much dead weight in this ship. Um, I'm interested to see. Maybe he can even he can turn this whole locker room around. And I've said it. Now 3 uh, we're going into the third season in a row where I've said we have to fix the culture. The culture in this club needs to be improved. All right, the, the board now as it stands. All right, we have, obviously, Rui Kosh the president. If there's one positive, is there are no elections scheduled for this season yet. Hopefully, we don't go our third straight fall with a... Presidential election at our club. Um, I know some people are rooting for that. They're waiting for something to turn up to get him out. I prefer to have the team play well and us not even worry about who the president is. That's what I prefer. uh His vice presidents, Luis Mendes, Jaime Antunes, Dominguez Almeida Lima, Fernando Tavares, Silvio Servan, Manel Brito, Rui Dupasso, is a substitute, whatever that vice president is. Uh, Ganderes, or maybe it's Jose Ganderes. He is a substitute as well. Fernand Sierra, or Sierra, is the General Assembly President. Fernando Fosica Santos is the Supervisory President. I don't think there's anything else to talk about in this first, uh, edition of season five. This season five premiere, first episode of the season. New season starts, um, uh, I'm ready to watch this team play again. Uh, a whole part of me is missing when Mayfika doesn't play, even when they play badly. So um, not sure when the next episode is going to drop because, like I said, next weekend I'll be on the road traveling. Uh, maybe I'll record an episode from my hotel in Virginia. I don't know. Um, I have a six-year-old with me that may or may not let me do that. So we'll wait and see if i can keep him uh keep him occupied keep him entertained long enough to give an update i'd also have to well i am taking my tablet with me so i'll be able to record the matches and watch them um but i do want to spend time with my family obviously for this week of vacation yes those of you in portugal um that may not realize this i have one week of vacation one week all year so I want to spend it you know with my family and in the sun and in the water in the ocean um, you know, working 51 weeks a year is is tough, especially when you have two jobs which makes getting a week of vacation at both jobs very difficult. I managed to do it this year so um I'm looking forward to having a very good road trip here um a few other stops so I will be back either from Virginia beach next uh next week or when I return home the following week and I'll catch you up to speed. It's going to be a better season. I'm determined to make it a better season. The plan is to put all of these episodes in video up on the PTB media networks, uh, YouTube page. So if you're not yet go over there, PTB media network on YouTube, hit subscribe. All right. Smash the like button, smash that subscribe button. Show me some love. And let's get this uh, visible to more and more people. There's so many English-speaking Benfica fans all around the world. So let's do that, okay? Uh, The show format might sound a little different. Because of the video, I can't use a lot of the recorded audio that I like to use. So I don't know yet what I'm going to do about that. Um, We'll see. If I have time, I may uh have a, a podcast version where I can splice some of that in. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what I have time for. But my goal is to not go dark for four months or for, for a month at a time again like last season. Um, even if it means I have to give you shorter episodes with less analysis, I do want to have that regular content coming through. And like I said, the PTB Media Network, I'm really working and I have the goal this season to really make that a network. And that's why Mr. Benfica is now going to be found over there versus on the Mr. Benfica uh, YouTube channel, which I may take down because it kind of defeats the purpose right now. So please, if if you are a follower of Mr. Benfica on YouTube, go over to PTB Media Network. Hit the subscribe button so that you get any video content I put out, even if it's not a podcast episode. I'm thinking um going to do some kind of other video projects this season, a couple of them. Uh, maybe some throwbacks, you know, rather than putting it in the podcast format. Maybe I'll do a video. I don't know yet. Um, but please follow the PTV Media Networks. YouTube page, okay? Still going to have content for you up at www.mrbenfica.com. And I'm not sure yet if I'm going to put anything on Parking the Bus Media's w- website, the www- www.parkingthebusmedia.com. I'm going to get out of here. I got to get some sleep. And tomorrow is a workday. Thank you for listening. Uh, happy new season. Happy summer. Carrega Benfica. Forza Benfica. We are Benfica. I pluribus unum. We are Benfica of many one. I'll see you next time here on Mr. Benfica. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustinio signing off. I'm pretty sure I forgot a lot of things to say, but that's going to do it. This is the first episode of the new season, season five. Here we go on Mr. Benfica. Vamos. Let's go, Benfica. Dam U 38.